All righty. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in this world. I hope you are thriving. I am here with Timothy Gay. He is this amazing individual whom I met in a workshop that I just took recently. So, Timothy, if you can just introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Timothy Gay. I am a healing arts practitioner. I use a wonderful technique called Thady Healing, which utilizes the access connection with God, source energy, or if you're a scientist, the quantum field to help heal from any limiting beliefs, subconscious blocks, or also subconscious trauma left over. And also a somatic therapist utilizing the technique of TRE, which is activates the tremor response within the body to help discharge any leftover tissue and trauma. And I love my work and I love sharing this to these wonderful tools with everyone. Mm, I love it. So you uh, had brought up the topic of healing, uh, our healing journey as being uh, people, black, indigenous, people of color, BIPOC people. Uh, what is the first thing that excites your mind when you think of our healing journey? I think the best thing is that it's more accessible than it's ever been before. Uh, when I think of when I first started doing this work, I've been as a practitioner now for over seven and a half years, the ex the accessibility to these tools and the um, techniques were not readily available as they were before. Mm. Uh, you either had to go to a very specific store uh, that you usually had to find in the back page section of the newspaper. <laughs> yes. or, I mean, literally, or you just had to know someone who was already doing this work. But for those of us, you know, who were seeking this information, you had to deep dive into places that the average person didn't want to go. So now we have social media, we have the internet, we have all of these tools that have now put this stuff in front of us and made it feel, made us first off feel like one, we're not alone with the things that we're dealing with. And two, that there are people that look like us who are doing this work. And that's the most important thing. Mm, yeah. Having an actual BIPOC person in that on the other side of the desk or on the other chair. Yeah. It creates this. Yeah. I just had one actually just recently. Uh, and she was amazing and just her understanding and level of understanding, it totally flipped the switch on my thoughts on, on psychology and psychotherapy. Yeah. And I love that because for the longest time, um, not only did you not have practitioners that looked like you, you know, you coming from the Philippines background, me coming from a black background, uh, it's not only that we didn't have people that looked like us, we also had beliefs within our communities that this stuff was strictly for white people. So when you have a brown skinned person sitting across from you, it makes you actually feel like, you mean I can do this too? You mean this just isn't reserved for a specific section of people in this world? You mean that I need this? And then you start having these conversations with this person. They start helping you to unpack things that you've been dealing with for so many years. Mm. And it's like, where was this before? <laughs> like, mm. what the hell? I never had access to this. I didn't even know I needed this. And then they start helping you unpack stuff and you're going through the you know, cultural things. You're going through family drama. You're going through, 
the stuff that you dealt with as a child, as a teenager, into your adult years, and you're like, I wish I had this so many years ago. I would have been able to do so much more with my life. Mm. And that's what makes having people that look like you mean something in that space of mental and emotional health and, and healing. Wow. So uh, what has inspired you to become a practitioner? Well, <laughs> you know, um, I always enjoyed helping people as a kid. Um, my background primarily is in music. I am uh, by trade a musician, uh, vocalist, saxophonist, writer, composer. So that's what ended up. That's where my first love was. It wasn't until I went through suicidal depression for over 20 years, starting at the age of seven from the age of 27, that I realized that there was something more that I wanted out of my life. Uh, in 2013, in February, I encountered the Theta Healing Technique, and that's what helped me heal from, and I really do mean heal, from suicidal depression. And that started on a wonderful journey beginning in June of 2013, becoming a practitioner working with people uh, and continuing to use this technique on myself. I think the best practitioners are those who continue to use the, heal, the tools that they've learned on themselves as well as other people. Because, you know, all the things that we've gone through, we know what it's like and we can bring those experiences and that expertise into our sessions to help other people. So after I utilized Theta Healing for so many years, I felt there was a bit of a gap in my in my practice so i was introduced in 2016 to the tre technique which stands for tension or trauma release exercises and i had my first section my first official session last year that i ended up having one with the founder dr david Brasselli, which was absolutely phenomenal and he was telling me that he wanted to actually have more black practitioners to actually work with the black community and frankly other bipoc practitioners as well, because it's easier to have someone from your community come in and facilitate this than it is to have, you know, a 60 year old white guy mm -hmm. <laughs> showing up in front of a room and saying, Hey, just do this. Not that it can't be done, but it's, it's even more important to have people in the community from those, from these communities actually sharing these tools. So I love that technique because it's very visceral, very somatic, very much helping you reconnect with the body. I think that was great because as a Theta Healing practitioner, I knew how to work with uh, the mental, emotional, and spiritual part, but the physical body was always something that was disconnected from me. Mm. And I loved, I always felt I needed that physical connection, but I didn't know exactly what I needed. I was, things like Reiki, are great, but they bore me, frankly. And I've never really been wowed as a Reiki session. And look, uh -huh. I'm not knocking Reiki because okay. there's a lot of people who they, it has done so many wonderful things for them. And I've heard some amazing stories. I've just never experienced any of that. But uh -huh. I'm not going to knock anyone because for a lot of folks, Reiki is their first introduction into healing work, into energy work. Yeah. And it's better to have that than to have nothing at all. But for mm. me, it just didn't do anything. So oh, it is so important for you to be in this field. I just, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back with Timothy after this message. Alrighty, we are back with Timothy. 
So Timothy, this is your chance. This is your chance to own the space. In our workshop, we talked about owning space and I'm giving you the space. Uh, what is it that you wanna say? Uh, it could be about healing. Um, it can just be about you, but just to own this space, I want you to own it. <laughs> Man, let's take up space and talk about something that I think I genuinely want to talk about. Um, I've been doing a lot of you know, conversations around the spiritual community in particular, uh, especially as it relates to the, th um, the things that we've been going through this year, i.e. Uh, specifically around racial issues, uh, racial justice, and healing justice work in particular. So I've done a talk really around the call of spiritual community. And the call of spiritual mm -hmm. community for me is important because as practitioners who are in this space, we want to often talk about how much we utilize love and light and how we're all one, you know, we're all God's children, you know, all those wonderful catchphrases that we've heard in spiritual communities. And yet when it comes to our practices, we tend to often run the other way. Mm. As a black man who does this work, I often have found myself on the outside of the healing spaces, even though I'm in the room. And you see these things, you recognize them, and you wanted to say something about them for so many years. But every time you felt like you wanted to say something, like you didn't want to upset the apple cart, so to speak. You didn't want to alienate people because you're talking about something that they can't understand. Well, then this year happened. George Floyd happened. Ahmaud Arbery happened. And a series of other things, Breonna Taylor, and so, so forth and so on. So many incidents happened. And I could no longer stay silent because I realized that if we aren't speaking up about this, if we aren't changing the paradigm that we live in, if we aren't willing to have that shift, then we aren't genuinely, truly practicing the things that we believe in. People mm. are not all one because we won't fight for them. We are not, there is no love and light because we can't even share that love and light with people and share that with ourselves in doing the work that is, that is emotionally taxing but extremely necessary. Mm. So I knew that I, I couldn't stay silent anymore. And I didn't know how I didn't want to stay, how I needed to use my voice. But then we spent time together in the workshop, Chris, you and I. And mm. I remember listening to a podcast with John Lewis and he talked about not only during the civil rights movement what they were that they knew what they were fighting for but they had to have a vision of what they were fighting for and live as if it was already created so they had a vision of the world that they wanted and i wrote down my vision for the world and i said that the one thing that i was fighting for was human liberation and that human liberation came with things like equity and justice it came with the resolution of things like white supremacy it came with the unity of people, but true unity, true collective community, not just unity, uh, really um, the status quo masked as unity, but genuine love and, and care and unity for people and resolution and liberation and um, revolutionary, the revolutionary movement. And within that, I knew I could not stay neutral. So that's why I decided to speak up about it. And I encourage those of you who are listening to really also take a look at the communities that you're in, what they're speaking up about or not saying for that matter. 
and why it's important now more than ever to save it, to speak up and to say something. Because the reality is we're not free until we're all free. This is, you know, collective liberation. This is, you know, emotional liberation too, because once we liberate one, we will liberate all. Mm. And I think that's, that's something we have to start really looking at. It isn't just, it isn't just black folks. Like I know uh, the black community is very loud when things happen, but they're loud for a reason because they know that they can't stay silent because when they did, so many things happened, like an Emmett Till or, you know, a Tulsa, Oklahoma, or, mm. you know, um, a, the move bombing that happened in Philadelphia, which so many of us didn't really start learning about until only a handful of years ago, or even this year. So we speak because we know that if we stay silent, then it gets swept under the rug. And we can't afford for these things to be swept under the rug anymore because we do want liberation for all folks. It definitely is not just black folks. So that's one of the reasons why I, I, I love using these platforms to speak about this because they, things need to be said and they need to be continuously said. So mm. uh, this message uh, <laughs> is with you. Oh man, it's, oh God, it's so received well. Thank you so much. I mean, we're not free till we're all free. I love that uh, you haven't upset anybody because you are extremely necessary in our life, uh, Timothy. Thank you for gracing me with your presence and your voice and your true idea of unity. Uh, wow, I'm amazed. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Please have me back. We got a lot to talk about. We got lots to talk about. Awesome, cool. And uh, wherever you are in this world, once again, I hope you are thriving. Uh, remember just to live your life, you know, live your future, live it, love it now.